listening to the Embassy Church Podcast. And here is today's message. You know, going into summer, I felt like the Lord has been really intentional on, on kind of like as we're going into summer, a lot of times we have times where we get to relax a little bit more. I know, you know, some of us are still busy and some of you don't get holidays, but there's just like extended times where we're a little bit more relaxed or at least we try to relax. And I feel like the Lord has been really intentional of, of what to speak on. Last week we talked about rest and kind of going into our summer of evaluating where, where am I at? Do I need to change some things in my life? Like, what's going on? And, and so I felt like in the next couple of weeks that the Lord would have us talk about relationships. Marriage relationships, friendship relationships, children relationships, being single, all of those things. And, and just having a conversation about what the Lord says. And, and as we go into summer, kind of talking, being able to evaluate in our own life, maybe with your spouse, maybe your children, maybe your friends, whatever it is that you kind of evaluate, where are we at? And, 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 and do we need to change some things? I believe that there's a shift that's actually um, taking place right now. I believe we're in the middle of a shift. And it's always important when we are in a shift season where God's taking us to someplace new that we kind of shore up a lot of the things in our life and make sure, are we good? Are we, are we ready? Are we moving forward? And so I, I, I plan to talk this morning on marriage. And... And uh, I knew it too. I, I don't know. I don't know why I do this. And you think that I would learn, but I, I haven't. And I, I started to work on marriage, and I was like, I'm going to talk on marriage because I'm going on holidays in like a, in a bit, in a few weeks. And I'm like, so I, you know, I want to get this done, and this is my plan. And I planned, and I just felt the Lord be like, no. And I'm like, yes, Lord, this is what's happening. Fit and fit into my plan, Lord. And, and, and then I'd be like, is it good? And I could, I just had this feeling like it's not good, but I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. And so. Um, kind of trying to make the Lord right with my plan, you know? And so yesterday I went for a walk and I just, it was, I guess he needed to be a little bit louder. And he was like, you are not going to talk about that today. <laughs> I was like, well, now you tell me. <laughs> now I gotta go and write a new message. But um, it's still along the lines of relationship, but but relationship with him and and that is what matters in every relationship in my marriage relationship in my relationship with my children in relationship with people around me in my work relationship my relationship with him is what matters the most because out of that place flows every good thing and so I believe that the word that I have for us today is about relationships but I believe that he has a word for us in particular, going into the summer, okay? So we're going to start in Luke 12 and, and verse 13, and I'm going to read for a bit and then uh, we'll kind of break it up from there. It says, then someone called from the crowd, teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said, beware Guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. 
Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. This guy, I think, was alone. He says to, he calls himself friend. My friend, he says it to himself. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. And when I was reading that, it was those words that jumped out at me. A person is a fool to store up all of the earthly all of the earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. And so many times we place priority on other things instead of what matters the absolute most is relationship with God. So then he goes on. And this is interesting to me and I've never seen it before like this but Jesus says he ends the story Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. And then he immediately turns to the disciples. It says, then turning to the disciples. So he finishes his story, turns to the disciples and said, that is why I tell you not to worry. And I thought that was really strange how he's telling a story about greed. And then he, then he talks about relationship and says, now, disciples, that's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear, for life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any bird's. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? He says, can it add one single, can worrying add one single moment to your life? One moment, one second, he says it can't. It can't even add a second, so why are we worrying about big things? because it's not gonna do anything. And I felt like going into summer, that this was a word for us, do not worry. Do not worry. There's so many things right now. I mean, we, we are conditioned even to worry. We, we, we came out of COVID, that was worry. and other so many levels people were worrying about things now we're out of COVID and it's like okay now what do we need to worry about well we've got inflation we should be worrying about inflation we've got gas prices gas price we should worry about gas prices and and what else is there interest rates 
Should we renew our house mortgages? And, and, and then, there's, then there's other things of life. Some of us are worried about our children. We should worry about them and what, what, all the things that are going on and what, what kind of a world have we left for our children and all of these things we worry and we worry and we, and we worried. And, and in Matthew, actually, same story, same thing we read in Matthew, he says it three times, do not worry, do not worry, don't worry, don't worry. Yeah, we worry. And he says, look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world, but your father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Worry will eventually consume you. We can be concerned, but worry is concern got out of control. Concern is, you know, when you maybe notice something with your child and you think, well, that's a different attitude. That's concerning. <laughs> but concern is always meant to, to, to drive you to Jesus, to drive you to the Father and say, I, there's something I'm, I'm concerned about. It's like, it's like sometimes a warning where, hmm, I'm not sure what I'm going to do about this. I need to take it to the Lord. But when we worry, it's when our concern hasn't been brought to the Father. And it becomes what consumes us. Tony Evans says it like this. Concern is something you own. Like, yeah, I'm concerned about that, okay. I'm thinking about it. I'm talking to God about a plan. But worry is what owns you. It's what keeps you up at night. It's what turns your stomach. It's what gets you stressed out. Your heart begins to race. Worry consumes you. In verse 27, it says, look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Then he says, why do you have so little faith? So he's talking to the disciples. Guys, why do you have so little faith? The size of your faith 
is tied to the size of your God. How big you see him is how big your faith is. When I begin to minimize God, when I begin to shrink God, my faith then begins to shrink. And then I get into this place of feeling out of control. You, you can't stop worrying by just telling yourself not to worry. Right? We, you, you go out with people and, and you tell them like, oh, you know, this is what I am stressed out about. And they're like, don't worry. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Easy for you to say because this isn't your problem. Right? It's my problem and all of you telling me not to worry is not going to change that. And I can confess, don't worry, Megan, don't worry, Megan, don't worry, no, I'm not gonna worry about it. And it may, it may suffice for a little bit of time or it's just running in the background and I'm not letting myself think about it, but I'm really thinking about it, if you know what I mean. What actually needs to happen in those moments is I need to begin to focus on God. Focus on who he is, who I've known him to be. Focus on experience with him. I think back to many times in my life where I have seen God come through in my life. I, I have, and little things sometimes where it's like, okay, I see you in this moment and I remind myself I've, I've gotten through. I've gotten through. I, I don't know how I got through. Have you ever had those moments where you're like, I don't, I didn't think I would make it, but oh yeah. And then you, you, you look back and you're like, oh yeah, I'm here. <laughs> right? They, where you don't actually realize you got out of the thing you were so stressed about until, you know, six months later and you're like, oh yeah, I'm not stressed about that anymore. I got out of it. Sometimes it's the perspective shift of recognizing that was God. Little things that, that get us to the place where, little things of recognizing where God has been in our life get us to the place of, of, of experience with him, of him becoming even bigger in our life. I, just the other day, I was, I was stressing about something and I, I felt like the Spirit of God say to me, like, you've been here before, remember? <laughs> remember the miracle. Remember I came through. Remember. What are you stressing about? Well, it's different this time. It's not different this time. <laughs> Same God. Not different this time. What are you stressing about? I remember financially, and I, I know I've shared this with you guys, but last year, you know, our, our tax, um, the, our taxes that we pay just because we're self-employed, we have a business, the taxes that we pay, pay we don't, it doesn't come off of our check every month. So, so we usually owe money at the end of the year and usually it's between seven and $10,000. 
which is fine because we know it's coming and we save for it. And so it still sucks every year. You're like, oh, I hope we pay the taxes, you know? And last year, um, just because of, uh, it doesn't even matter, last year we sent our taxes to the um, accountant and I was super pumped because we had our taxes saved in full and it was like, come at me, you know? And he comes back and he's like, taxes are done. I'm like, great. And I kind of get, like, something seems strange where he's like, anything else to write off? Anything? <laughs> anything else? Like, no, why? You know? This guy's really trying to save me money until he came back and he said, it was double. And I'm like, I actually, I actually have no, no way of paying that. I don't even know how that's even going to happen, you know? And I swear, I swear to you, I don't know how, I don't know how we paid it, but it was literally like in a month and a half, we had paid it. I don't, I don't even know. I mean, God, of course I, you know, but like, I can't tell you what we did. I, and so I go back to those places of being like, I'm so stressed about money. God, I'm stressed about money. You've been here before. (laughs) And, and remembering his faithfulness, remembering how he got me through and I settle in on that. That's right. That's right. He got me through. Talk about my kids. It, as parents, you know, there's times where you're like, there's something not right here. I don't know what's going on. There's something. And you ask questions and you, you're trying to figure out what's, what's going on here. And, and, and you know in your heart there's, you know, and you, and you can get into that place of, 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 of trying to play God, but he knows, right? And every single time that I've been concerned about my children, God has, God has been the one that got in to the middle of it and brought healing every single time. I couldn't do it myself. I couldn't force them to speak. I mean, I could. I couldn't, I couldn't force them to bring up the matters of their heart. I, I can't do that, but God can. And so when I get into that place of even being stressed about that, something is going on, God. He sets up moments. He sets up times. And I can go back to that place and remember, God has been faithful there too. In my marriage, same thing. When, when you guys, when you, every marriage knows that there's place, times where you're just super in sync and you're just working together and then there's times where you're just not in sync and it's not working well. Same thing. Where there has been moments where God has intervened and intercepted, but it's come from that place of going back to him. It's all about him looking at him. You think of, think of David and Goliath, right? David didn't just one day show up and, and take out a giant. There were days of him in the field and it says, I fought a bear. I fought a lion. It wasn't David's strength that did it. When he showed up to fight Goliath, the giant, what he was standing in is, I know who God is. I'm just a little kid and, 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 and a lion came and I watched what God did. And then there was a bear and, and he showed me what to do and how to do it. I watched what God did so you can come at me 
And all I have is a stone, but it doesn't matter what I have to fight with because I know who God is. So in this space where Jesus is talking to the disciples, he says, why do you have such little faith? But remembering that he had just come off of saying, it's, it's foolish to run after other things and not have a relation, the rich relationship with me. Because it's from that rich relationship with me and knowing me that that place of worry can, can fade away. I talk so much, my, my notes shut down. Hold on here. It comes from focusing on him. Isaiah 26, verse 3. He will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. It goes back to that place of I'm worrying about this. I'm worrying about that. Wait, stop. Let's take those thoughts and let's fix them on him. Who is he? How big is he? Go to Luke 10. And I I know this is a story that I I just want to show you. It's a story that that I love. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible of Mary and Martha. And so I know that I've read it before, but just follow along for a moment. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister, Mary, sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here? Will I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and you are upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about and Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. This is Martha was distracted And Jesus says, you are worried and you are upset about all the details. And here's the thing about worry often, is it actually distracts us from spending time in his presence, from looking to him. Have you ever, have you ever gone to sit and like pray and you're spend time with them and your mind keeps going like I'm trying to pray I'm trying to read my Bible I'm reading my Bible and all I'm thinking about is what I'm actually worried about worry causes distraction in your own life and he's saying hey look look at me look to me you you think that you've held yourself together It's been me. It's been me. 
back to Luke 12, it ends it like this. It says, verse 29, and don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things because these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. This is, this is the common theme. This will be something that dominates forever. But your father already knows what you need. This, but, but there's something different here. You have a father. And he cares for you. Don't let those thoughts dominate you. My, my grandma was flying... Um, back from Israel and I, I think it was her first time maybe internationally flying and I think she didn't know that there was a limit on how much she could bring in and uh, so they were getting ready to land and, and they'd been filling out forms and she started to panic, like really panic, like uh-oh, and what's going to happen to me and I have too much, I, 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 I'm going to try and you know, cross the border and, and there's too much, um, and we have to pay and all that kind of stuff. And she had bought this Bible, kind of like a picture Bible and she had it on her lap and she had been looking at it. And so as she's frantically panicking, she opens up the Bible and it falls in big letters right on the page. My grandma's name was Martha, by the way, in big letters, Martha, Martha, you worry too much. <laughs> and she was like, okay, Lord. And she crossed the border and they let her go and everything was fine. <laughs> but my point in that is in the middle, in the middle of your worry, in the middle of that place, God has a word that he wants to speak to you. A truth to hold on to and so in in these moments when when I've been when I've been struggling or when I'm like oh this is starting to get really overwhelming god what what do I do that's the place he's inviting you say come on let's talk about it come to me do not worry i've got i've got a word for you And then it goes on to say, seek the kingdom of God above all else and he will give you everything you need. He must be first. Many times we're trying to make our decisions on our own or trying to figure it all out. And and it gets so overwhelming and we get out of control. We feel like, we feel like we're out of control because we don't know, but he knows exactly what you need and exactly what to do. Do not worry. In Matthew 6, same verse, different, um, different author says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be given to you as well. The word kingdom is his, his rule. His way of doing things. He says, 
seek my way of doing things and all of these things will be added to you. And the word righteousness, it says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. That's his standard. His standard is always better. His standard is always for you. Like we talked about last week with rest. I could do without rest. I can do, no, it's standard. It's, it's my way of doing things that benefits you. And look at this, just thinking about God's kingdom and how God's kingdom is, is better. Look at this, Jeremiah 17. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Like, those that trust in the Lord are like that. They're not worried. They don't have to worry. They don't have to worry about drought or gas prices or inflation. (laughs) They just keep producing fruit. They don't have to worry about the heat. We want heat, but I mean like, in our own lives, when the, when the temperature gets a little too hot for us, you don't have to worry about it. You just keep producing fruit because he's watching over. He's watching over. Do not worry. Then in Matthew six thirty four, the next verse, it says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. You don't know what tomorrow holds and you never will. Nobody in its fullness here will know what tomorrow holds. We can plan for tomorrow and we can think we have a kind of a general idea, but you don't know what tomorrow holds. So why are you worrying about it when the only one who absolutely knows what tomorrow holds in its fullness is saying, come to me. Look, look, look at me. I'll get you through today. I know what tomorrow holds. So today I've ordered your steps today. Because when tomorrow comes, you'll be ready for that. But you don't need to worry about tomorrow. I forgot tomorrow. And I feel like I'm saying that today to you, I've got tomorrow. Don't be so distracted by the worries that you miss what I'm doing right now. Don't worry. In 2 Peter 1 verse 3, and I'm, I'm just finishing here, it says, everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by his divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. 
everything that you need for life, today, tomorrow, the next day, you have. For life and godliness has been deposited in you and the person that brings it about is him. And he says, so the rich experience of knowing me, I'm going to bring it about, but it's about knowing me. It's about your relationship with me. It's, it's us together. You don't just accept me into your life. And then I throw you to the wolves and I say, good luck. It's, it's about us together. You don't need to worry. I've given you everything that you need. Now you come and do life with me. And so I felt as we begin our summer, I know that it's been warm, but like really Canada Day marks like the beginning of summer. And as we're beginning this, that this, we go into this place, be like, no, I am like we sang the song today. I am a child of God. This is what his fathering looks like. This is him being a father to me. And I, I pray that we would go deeper into a place of recognizing what it is to be a child of God and to recognize what that means for my identity. I'm, I'm taken care of and he will take care of me. I don't need to worry. I just felt in my, I just felt it in my spirit. Just tell them, do not worry. You have me. And this is the verse that he gave me as I was retyping my message yesterday. As I was coming to the end, I heard this verse pop up and it's one of my very favorite verses. But I felt like this verse was an invitation as we go into summer to go deeper in relationship with him because it's what matters the most. And here it is. Psalms 27 verse 8. I heard your voice in my heart say, come, seek my face. And my inner being responded, Yahweh, I'm seeking your face with all of my heart. Another version says, I'm coming. I heard you say, come. And my whole being responded, I am coming. I hear the Lord say to us today, come, come. Don't let the world tell you how it's supposed to be, what you're supposed to stress about, what you're supposed to worry about. Let me tell you how it's going to be. Come. And our response is, Lord, I'm coming. So Father, I pray over every person here today. And Father, I just thank you that peace, tangible peace, is resting on every heart and every soul and every mind, every family. And God, that 
It'd be it in the middle of a, of a shift that would take place where you would shift us into a place where you wanting us to go, wanting us to shore up the things in our hearts and in our lives that maybe have gotten off balance, out of control, controlling us. That you would so wonderfully with your amazing love step in and say, come. You worry too much. <laughs> Come. And Father, I pray that it would be like fresh breath entering into every person's soul as they go into this summer. That the word of God would open up and just come alive to us as we begin to read it, that we would remember and we would see maybe even times where we didn't even recognize it was you, that Holy Spirit, you would just whisper into that place and say, hey, remember that? That was me. That we would see the miracles of God in our lives. And recognize that if you did it then, you'll do it again. That we would come alive and recognize and know what it's like in even greater and even deeper ways to be fathered by you. That we would grow deeper in trust and experience with you. And as we walk these days out, that we would focus on you and know that no matter what, no matter what, I can trust you. We can trust you. And that Holy Spirit, you would speak to each one of us as we lay our head at night or we're up getting ready or doing our thing, that we would hear the words, do not worry. I don't need to worry because I am held and fathered. And I pray blessing over every person here. I thank you for days of laughter. And enjoyment. thank you for rest. God, that our eyes would be so open to the goodness of God that we would look around and just see it everywhere. I thank you for favor on their lives. And I thank you for the longing in each one of our hearts and lives to go deeper in you as we respond Today, you're calling us to come into rich relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca. Thank you.